I pulled up to the house about seven or eight And I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there To sit on my throne at the Prince of Bel-Air Welcome everyone to this off-topic edition of the Banished to the Pen podcast. I'm Eric Roseberry, a writer for Banished to the Pen. Uh, excited to be joined tonight by uh, returning cast member Alex Crisopoli uh, and special guests Scott Holland and Tim Livingston. Guys, uh, take a second, introduce yourselves, uh, maybe uh, who you are, uh, where you're at, where people can find you online. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, hi, everybody. Um I am Alex Crisofoli. I currently write at Viva Albertos, which is Cardinal's SB Nation website, uh, and I try to contribute to Banishing the Pen um, when I can, um, although that's, it's been a while since I've done that. Um, but that's, that's where you can find me. Okay, how about you, Scott? I am a uh, part-time newspaper uh, columnist, editorial writer for uh, the Times newspaper in uh, based in Ottawa, Illinois, and uh, I, I tweet quite a bit, but... Um, that's pretty much the the gist of my uh, my writing these days. Okay, great, and Tim. Uh, yeah, Tim Livingston. I'm the um, director of media relations and broadcasting for the Sonoma Stompers, and uh, off season right now, so not much really going on in Stomperland. But we're excited that uh, the book that uh, Ben and Sam wrote, "The Only Rules That Has to Work," is nearing completion, and we're excited to see what that uh, result looks like. So. Uh, Right now, you know, stompersbaseball.com, and if you want, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Tim Livingston uh, for um, hopefully funny takes on baseball and professional wrestling. So that's what we're that's what we're going for there. Now, so. Tim, do you know do you get any cameos in the book? Uh yeah. I mean, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna have some some uh, pretty good uh, uh, cameos in the book, I believe. I'm not sure exactly where, um, but uh, I'm excited to. To kind of see where uh, me and Theo, you know, Theo Fightmaster, our general manager, who, who's in there a lot too. So um, some really cool stories um, because, you know, they've asked us for specifics on stories. So we kind of have an idea of what will be in there. But uh, I think it's going to be a great book. And obviously you guys being fans of the podcast, I think you guys are right there with me on the excitement level for it. So Very cool. Well, the reason we're here tonight, uh, again, this is an off-topic podcast, so no Gene Segura hot takes tonight, but – uh, we are talking 90s sitcoms, and, uh, and effectively Wild Style, we're going to do this in a draft format. So uh, there weren't a lot of rules to this. Uh, it had to be predominantly a 1990s sitcom. It could be your favorite. It could be the one that you thought was the best, uh, one that made the biggest impact on you. It could be for whatever reason you want. Uh, but we're going to be drafting those. Everybody's going to get four picks unless we get tired. Then everybody might get three picks. Uh, we're going to do some, uh, some cool stuff in between rounds, uh, but hopefully this will be a little – uh, trip down memory lane for a lot of people talking about some of their favorite 90 sitcoms and we're just gonna go alphabetically so alex you will be up with pick one in the 90s sitcom draft great well so seinfeld is probably my favorite sitcom of all time um but i'm not going to pick seinfeld because that seems too easy and when i think of 90 sitcoms i think of a lot of like the TGIF shows and, and other not that great shows. And so I'm going to go in that direction. And while it was not a TGIF show and not even a primetime show, I am going to pick Say by the Bell. <laughs> and when I say Say by the Bell, I mean when it was strictly the cast of Zach, Slater, Screech, Jesse, Kelly, and Lisa. So no Miss Bliss, no college years. And no new class, whatever went on after they all went to college, just the uh, the prime years of Saved by the Bell. And 
I'm picking Saved by the Bell because when I look back on it, this show, was so stupid. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was so it was so stupid, but admittedly so. Like, they didn't even try to not be stupid. I, I, I'm sure if there was a website tracking all the continuity errors that would have occurred in this show, they would have just been off the charts. And sometimes it was deliberately so, like the way Zach could call um, time out and just stop time. Um, every so often he would do that. One show, one episode that really sticks out in my head, there was an episode where Screech had gotten a dental filling and it was picking up radio stations. So he would open his mouth and you would hear a local DJ talking or a song playing. And this guy who was from the government thought he had come into contact with an alien and and pretended like he was going to pay them, you know, some the whole gang some odd sort of money if if they you know put them put him in contact with Screech. Well, in the climax of the episode, they're all in the main area, in the main hallway area at Bayside, and Screech removes his face and has on and is and is revealed to be an actually be an alien, and everyone's kind of freaked out, like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? Um, and then they kind of go to the next scene, and Screech says, you know, I'm not really an alien. This is just a mask I use to fool people, and he's holding up the alien mask. But what they don't explain is how he was able to peel off his face the first time to reveal the alien. I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly, but it really <laughs> did make sense if you were watching it at the time. And so I just remember thinking, wow, that is so stupid, but... But I, there's something about this show that's undeniably great. I would watch four hours. I would watch two hours of it a day because it was on WGN from three to four o'clock and then TBS from four to five. So every day from home school, I would be watching this show. And I don't think that's much different from a lot of people my age. It seemed like everybody knew this show. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. You guys. Tell me what you think about Saved by the Bell. I'd love to argue about it. or I'd love to hear someone say something bad about it so I can interject. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it too. I mean, I'm, I, I was a big fan of it growing up, and I did the same thing. It was on like a three right after I got home from school, and so that was a really fun uh, way to come home and just you know turn on the TV and watch it. Uh, but um, I have a bunch of friends who loved it too, and so it's kind of hard for me not to love it. I, I probably wouldn't have picked it this high, um, but I definitely – I. <laughs> I definitely was going to have it in my draft. Like it was, it, it might've been first rounder depending on, on how everything shook out, but it is. It's a, it's a, it's, I think it is. It's, it's one of those shows that, that looking back on it, it does look kind of, you know, like you said, a little stupid, you know, but at the same time, there's some, some really cool elements about it that are just kind of hard to, to, to not be fans of. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's definitely a worthwhile selection uh, for 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 our little draft here, I just I don't know if I would have taken. Well, it this real time. quick, another episode which sticks out is when Kelly broke up with Zach for this like college kind of Rob Lowe looking dude. Yeah, for for uh, Jeff. Yeah. Why yeah, would you? Yeah, why, Jeff, why would he? He, he was the, the new manager at the Max, and of course, all of Zach's friends, two, his two friends Slater and Scree were, were mad at this guy, and I think Slater called him like a frat boy babe stealer or something like that. And at the end of the at the end of the episode, Lisa was having like her sweet sixteen birthday party, and um, they were trying to do that thing because. Kelly brought this new boyfriend and they're trying to do this thing. They're like, I don't know, interject him into the group and Slater's still not feeling this guy. And Kelly's like, Oh, Slater, uh, 
Jeff used to wrestle too. Vader's like, really? Uh, any good? And he goes, I don't know. Just kind of won my division a few times. And Slater's like, oh, cool, great, man. We can be friends now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, of course, goes on in the cult classic Starship Troopers to get uh, killed by the brain bug. Uh, for those of you who have not seen that, or don't for, forget that he was in that movie for. I haven't seen minute. that movie in a long so. time, but I, that does. I I I do remember that now that you say that. And he was trying to take cast Denise Richard, uh, Casper Van Dien. So if he's in a movie or TV show, you know he's coming after he's a woman. So <laughs> he's trying to steal your girl. What I like is so. it only ran five years, and you're already knocking years off of it to get it better. And it's like the <laughs> ultimate like two ten win season player who did nothing <laughs> outside of that peak, but the peak was really good. Uh, yeah. So do we yeah, have a player? Do we have a comparable player for Saved by the Bell? Like, can we think of like a super high peak? Be nice if we could live call JJ Effie, but. I think it would have to be someone who wasn't actually good, but yet you really liked anyway. Bo Jackson? But, but Bo Jackson had this talent that was at least fun and undeniable, I guess, to watch. I don't know. Like Freddie said, Saved by the Bell was undeniable. You look- I would say someone more, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like Saved by the Bell was the Bartolo Colon of hitting of sitcoms. <laughs> wow. All right. Well... Saved by the Bell, pick number one of uh, one, every other one. show. Scott, you yeah. are for pick two. Sure. I, uh, I, before I make my pick, I would say that I think Saved by the Bell was a great uh, a number one selection. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I definitely would have taken it first. <laughs> and I think the, the asset that it has going for it is in a 90s sitcom draft, I don't know that any show more completely evokes the 90s. Uh, you know, with the the brick phone, the hairstyles, the colors, um, I, I I just think it embodies the decade, even though it, it only took up about half the decade on television. So, uh, and I've kind of kind of gone back and forth, but I think I'm going to have to to come down with Full House. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it ran. I mean, it technically started in the late 80s, uh, but it, it was on prime time for almost the entire 90s. I, I think it really uh, anchored the concept of TGIF, um, you know, the family friendly, even though it wasn't. Uh, I think it moved to Tuesdays later on uh, in its run. But, you know, it's it, it you know, I, I'm not enough of a scholar to say that it did things like pioneer uh tv tropes um but it really you know it's got the catchy theme song the memorable opening opening credits catchphrases uh the annoying next door neighbor um you know the characters the the actors went on to still be relevant uh culturally and in the medium it's getting a new life with a, a netflix reboot um spinoffs uh where you know other tgif shows that are certainly come up later in this draft are canonically linked to uh, to Full House, uh, which was, you know, done largely to promote TGIF, but, uh, you know, it, so it's it maybe not spinoffs on the grade of, you know, everything that's spawned out of Happy Days, but uh, it's there. Um, I think uh, in terms of memorable episodes and story arcs, there's there's really an awful lot to choose from. Uh, for me, my family, my sister and I used to play a game where we would watch uh, you know, Full House would be on in syndication, much like uh, much like Saved by the Bell on afternoons after school, and we would uh, we would race to see how early in the episode we could identify the A plot, B plot, and possible C plot, um, just based on the you know the first opening bits. So uh, I, I think probably the the reason that it's that's so enduring, uh, I think, really has more to do with 
the Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky relationship than the uh, the actual Tanner family. Um, just because of the way that kind of that evolved the show from its original conceit of the you know the three men and the three daughters, uh, it kind of grew the family larger and larger. Led to the the house expanding, bringing in Aunt Becky as a permanent resident. The twins kind of gave it its its second life. You could argue that the twins are where it jumped the shark, but um, and I would certainly certainly agree that the, the later stages of Full House are. are they do not hold up at all to the initial uh, initial part of the run, but um, there's good stuff throughout if you if you pick and choose. Um, there's there's classic moments in every season, uh, and I just really think it is a, a it's a, it's just enduring. It's it's going to go on forever. I don't know that it was conceived to be like the Brady Bunch, um, but I think I think culturally it might actually have a longer lasting footprint when all is said and done. Scott, can I say something? About Please. This is Alex and. Full House and a lot of these other sitcoms around this time, to me, really embodied how just self-involved and um, just narcissistic the, the characters were. And <laughs> what I mean is, I'm thinking of that there was this episode one time where the, the entire crew gets on a plane. And Danny Tanner, one of the all-time biggest boobs in the history of television, <laughs> is, is holding Michelle and announces to the entire plane Hey everybody! This is Michelle's first, you know, airplane ride, and everyone's like, "Ah," you know, like the entire plane. Whereas in reality, <laughs> everyone's been like, "I don't give a like," you know, I don't care about <laughs> Sit down, don't bother me. I don't know you, and it. I don't know. There's something about the way that they only only talk to themselves and how everything that happened to them was like the biggest deal. And that seemed, there never seemed to be anything going on outside of their lives. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, I definitely understand. I guess it makes sense. They were the coin of the show. They were. I mean, there's no reason to be talking about the guy across the street. But I don't know. It was something about the way they made a big deal out of everything was always fascinating to me. If nothing else, John Stamos still does concerts with the boys. And that's what it's... <laughs> Even if you don't know anything else about the show, you can still enjoy that. I I do like in the Hawaii episode how they just happened to come upon a Beach Boys concert like in the middle of of nowhere. That was that was that's inspired television writing right there. DJ won tickets on the radio. That's That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Scott, do you remember that episode I just mentioned? By the way, Uh, was that the episode where they went to Hawaii? It it may have been. It's not. It's not the one where Stephanie and Michelle accidentally flew to Auckland. Oh no, that's. Yeah, that's a later yeah. one. No, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very early one because Michelle was still a baby. They um, had a family trip to Hawaii, and, and Danny had his infamous clipboard of fun. That, that one they ended up uh, being on stage at a Polynesian review. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, they meet, I mean, they, and they meet the natives, right? They have, because <laughs> yeah. they have to meet the natives exactly. of Hawaii. Yep. You know? Full House Good. might have been the first time my wife questioned marrying me, one of many. Because <laughs> we, we watched it at my house, and I, we were doing the house, and – I would say they're like, oh yeah, this is the one where Danny and the, you know were the whole plot line, and then it happened five or six times, and she was like, can you do this with every episode? And I was like, uh, maybe I hadn't really thought about it, but all two hundred. <laughs> and then my my three year old got the box set for Christmas this year, so we've been didn't age well. Yeah, kind of surprised me how uh, how into it I used to be, but I was going to yeah. say, kids, Mike, uh, I have four kids, and uh, a couple of them get into it. We were we were at a in a hotel a couple of years ago, and the episode where Stephanie and Gia are riding uh, 
in car in a car with these guys from school that they met at the mall, and the, the guys drive recklessly and <laughs> accident. And uh, and my my kid was five at the time, and he was uh, he was very upset that they did not show the accident on television. He he wanted to see the car. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy, that's not uh, that's not how Full House works. <laughs> But they still laugh out loud at uh, at uh, Joey's jokes, so oh. it's got legs. I feel like once I realized how Bob said it is in real life, it kind of changed the way I see the show. Yeah. So while that show was at its peak popularity, he was also hosting, he was also being very unfunny on um, America's uh, Funniest, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. And I remember thinking, this is the dumbest guy <laughs> ever, like, who was, who was possibly on television. So that he was able to, um, I don't know if reinvent himself is the right word, because I'm, I'm sure this is how he, who he is now is who he always was. Um, oh, if you see, like, outtakes from, like, Full House set, like, he was the same way on set. That's, yeah, and that's what I figured. But I, so I've never, I've, I've never seen those outtakes, but it surprises me that he's able to come across just be such an adult on television on that show. Plays his part and plays it well. Good pick, Scott. Tim, you're up with pick number three. All right. So my, my pick for the first round is going to be Boy Meets World. Uh, I think it's kind of like the, the karmic successor to – Full House, a lot of ways, it was it kind of took over when Full House moved to Tuesdays, like it was mentioned earlier, and uh, became the the new flag bearer for uh, for TGIF. And it's it's got really memorable characters, like you, you have Corey Matthews and you know his childhood crush with Topanga, and you get to see that throughout the entire series. And you know him and Sean have a really cool dynamic, and you know it got a little probably bit a, a bit too dramatic, but that's what they were going for. You know the whole get the entire family involved and you know teach the lessons that's what tgif was all about at this time but at the same time you know i think there was some really great sitcom parts i think you know mr feeney as the the old mentor is just one of the the great all-time tv characters and um you know there's some great like interweaving they did with um you know they got pop culture references i'm a big wrestling guy so they had vader as frankie stacchino's dad and, and all this really cool stuff and um you know it got a little bit weird once they got to college um i think they they tried to do a bit too much in college and it kind of backfired on them but um i think that basically everything up until they get to college was uh was really well done and uh it's it's like i'm like waiting just dying for the time that that becomes available streaming somehow because for whatever reason it's not and uh um it's still relevant today like they have girl meets world which is on the like the disney channel or something like that so it's another one of those shows i think has a lot of lasting you know long-standing power behind it and uh it's uh it's definitely got some 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 legs and some mileage on it so uh but it's it was also my favorite show out of the entire tgif lineup so i'm very very uh Excited that it was here for me at three. I was hoping it would be in here. It is so. No, it was a that was a great show and probably my favorite one from TGI as well. But it also was another show where the main character was so self-involved. Right. In that, if Corey was having a bad day, the entire school was worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, but it's true. But like it was. It, I think the show like when they focus on the other guys, I like could focus on Eric or focused on Sean. That's when the show was really good. And 
you know, but mm. yeah, Cordy's stuff, um, unless he was the straight man to someone else's antics, I think that's basically about as good as it got. But, uh, at the same time, you know, there's really a lot of great memorable moments that, you know, that, uh, that were, you know, resonated with me and you know, a bunch of all, of, you know, but all of us around the same age. So I think we all watched enough of it or all of it to, to kind of see it, but it's, uh, it is freaking just a great show. And, um, it's, it's like a, uh, it's kind of like what I go back and look at when, like at this era, um, it's, it's definitely, I think the one that probably holds up the most in a lot of ways. So, but you're right, Corey, when he became whiny, Corey and woe is me, Corey. It was like, okay, let's let's look at other stuff. Move on. But so, I I'm not a a, a devotee, and I think that might be. Um, I graduated high school right. in '97, and that it was not you know that late era TGIF stuff wasn't exactly on in college a whole bunch. Um, but I I wonder um, is is Corey the in this '96 genre he's clearly the lead character but is he is he the most is he like the least interesting person on his own show um <laughs> i would i mean because like you said i liked uh, sean was great Mr. yeah Bean. i mean i think i think it's i think it, i think he was because i think as you saw um the show evolve the the people surrounding him became more of a focal point and therefore were more interesting when it came right down to it once it finally became an ensemble show yeah. Right. And yeah, and if you think about like the last couple of years, it was him reacting to everything around him. And it was more like uh well, don't really care about that. I mean, there's World Beats Boy. Yeah, World Beats Boy exactly. So, um but uh but yeah, I mean, I do. I kind of feel like out of the he him and Danny Tanner, I think I didn't even think about that before this this uh this uh this draft and it's like well they actually are very similar in that well he might be the foundation for the show but i don't really care to see him in much of the show at all um so uh it's it is kind of a weird dynamic of Corey matthews on that show but uh i think i think it's there's definitely nostalgia kind of you know like the good old days of me like watching that show and being so you know drawn in because I think I was right there with Corey and age as the show progressed, which is another thing that, uh, I think drew me to it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely something that, uh, that, uh, holds up for me. I, I feel kind of embarrassed cause I graduated high school the same year as Scott and I, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was, I'll say, but anyway. I was 2002. So the show had ended, um, I think the year before I graduated high school. Oh yeah, definitely your wheelhouse then. My wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, I'm on the same timeline as you, Tim. Yeah. So it was one of two sitcom moments. I almost made this a question, but I didn't. Okay. One one of two sitcom moments that made me cry um, was a Boy Meets World moment. And so the uh, at the finale, they're all sitting in the classroom with Mr. Feeney oh, one more time. Oh God, that that guts me. Yeah. <laughs> he won't tell them that he loves them. And then they finally leave the room, and he says, "I love you all." Uh-huh. And like as an eighteen-year-old kid, uh-huh. uh, you know, hiding my face from uh-huh. everybody in the room because tears streaming down my face. Oh, and God, oh, that's okay. Oh. I don't want to foreshadow anything, but the other crying, mo- other crying moment should be when Will's dad comes that's back it. on the Prince of Bel Air. That's the other one. God. That's an amazing. Oh, that's an amazing God, moment. That's... I'm being serious. that's a great episode. Uh, yeah. And what I, I think what's really interesting is when the show got better, and this I think it was a trope for all these shows, it showed like the parents 
like their abilities to actually get some gravitas, some chances to act. And of course, that's the greatest example, right? I mean, you, that's that's one of the most powerful scenes in any sitcom ever. Oh, yeah. And it's not pandering to the audience at all. It's something that you know is like that's gut wrenching to see it happen. But like you got to see that later in in Boy Meets World with Corey's parents, like. You know, William Hurt got some really good stuff in that in that show later on as they're growing up, and he's trying to teach him how to be men and stuff like that, especially with Eric. And um, those moments were were really big for me too. And uh, I think that's one of the cool things. A lot of these shows that have that ability to to kind of give the actors as they grow up the ability to to show up. So I do want to before we get too far. I do want to uh, going back to Full House real quick. I will admit that that is one of the worst finales. Oh God, that, yes. uh, of any of the shows that we're probably going to discuss I was, well, tonight. I, I never saw the finale. What happened? It's so bad. Uh, Michelle uh, falls riding a horse and she gets amnesia. And there's <laughs> so a lot of it is a clip show about remembering their you know their lives because they're it's coinciding with. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't coincide with the guy wanting to buy the house. Yes. Yeah. And yeah they're going to make money, but then they decide to stay. It's the guy who uh, ran Melville's at Cheers. He's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Michelle, um, you get a lot of Michelle saying, oh, yeah, in that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to remember yeah. things. Oh, God. Yeah. And, yeah, that episode. Mm, yeah, you can you can have wrote a worse finale for that show, I think. That's a good call. With with Boy Meets World, did anyone have a worse sitcom life trajectory than Eric from day one to the finale? Um, he kind of seemed like the like the the like the the comic like almost like a clown, but not like the comic relief. Almost he was kind of like the the fool's clown, like in medieval times. Like he was like that kind of fool. And it really kind of ruined him, and then he just became like a one-trick pony in the later years. Uh, yeah, that's that. He he might be one of the worst. I was trying to think of maybe like, uh, um, what's his name from Growing Pains? Um, the the next door the next door neighbor um, who's the supporting. Oh God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, anyway, but yeah, that Eric, Eric, that was that's not that wasn't a good luck for him throughout that uh, throughout that series. All right, well, we're going to move on. Final round of – or final pick of round one. Three strong ones so far. Uh, with the last pick of the round, I'm going to go Family Matters. Yeah. And uh, I think what helped me with Family Matters growing up – so as a kid, you start watching it. And I was young enough at the time that just Urkel's funny and he had we had the dolls and you pulled the string on the back and it did all the catchphrases. And so that kind of got you in. And then just uh, you know growing up and going with it and um, you really – at least for me, started to root for the guy. Hey, I'd love for him to end up with Laura. Hey, I'd like for something good to happen to this guy. Uh, I know we talked about shows that jumped the shark and moments that happened. Uh, When he built the chamber that transformed him into the cool version of himself, um, we started to go some places that uh, (laughs) seemed a little different than where the show had been previously. But, um, yeah. uh, the, the The robot was also quite, I thought, do you remember there's a there was a robot? Oh God, scene. yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, that was yeah. He built the Urkel robot. He uh, actually in the game we're going to play in a few minutes. I've got a few Family Matters plot lines to run by you, but yeah, it was. Uh, it well, refresh, went, my, refresh my memory. How did he become Stefan again? He built a chamber that changed him. <laughs> it was a silver porta potty, okay, and basically it lit up. <laughs> 
and you pull the lever and it like made weird sounds and then it, there was a timer that went off at the end like you're taking something out of the oven and there was steam and stuff when he came out and then he was cool because he was Stefan Arkell. Which as a kid, thinking like if you create a machine to turn you into the coolest version of yourself, why would you ever change back from that? It's a true statement. <laughs> Well, do you think Jaleel White went to the writers or whoever and just said, "You're, you, you know, just give me one episode where I don't have to be this stupid character." <laughs> I'm going to be Urkel for the rest of my life. Oh right, god, right. yeah. Just, um, but that was a show. You know, um, Family Matters actually had, and I, and I'm not kidding when I say this, but there was a really good police brutality episode on Family yeah, Matters. Yeah, yeah. This kind of roughed up Eddie a little bit, and it was actually it was a pretty good episode. Because, you know, Carl was, was also a cop and, and knew the guy, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, for how stupid Family Matters was, this was, not a, this was not a stupid episode. I would say they did a couple of those episodes. They did one where they um, had a, um, a, uh, a gun turn-in episode because someone got shot outside of Laura and Steve's high school. And, um, and uh, they did an episode that was based around, you know, why, you know, people are carrying guns when they're in high school and, and turning them in for like no questions asked, like one of those things. But that, uh, that police brutality episode was, um, boy, oh boy, that was some rough stuff to, to kind of see. It, it really did, uh, kind of hit you when you, when you saw it because of, uh, of, of, uh, kind of the, you know, the racial tensions and all that stuff, which was new kind of for TGIF. They didn't really go in that direction too much. you know. Yeah, I think early Family Matters is largely unrecognizable from what most people know of the show. Uh, the very, very early season. Uh, you know, was... if you if you watch the the theme from first season, Urkel is not even in it. Yeah, which I had forgotten. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be about the Winslow family, and it definitely became the uh, the Urkel and Carl show. They they did go in some serious directions, but then as Alex reminded me, there was also. Eddie in a three-on-three basketball tournament. <laughs> yeah, man. Larry against the spider, man. Is a grand- yeah. So I, I have a question about this. So Urkel teams up with Grandmama, right. who is Larry. If, if no one remembers this Converse, um, people who are listening don't remember this Converse advertising thing. Larry Johnson played. I, I don't even know. I don't know what the purpose of this was, but he was – an old an old woman dressed up. He was Larry Johnson in drag as an old lady called Grandmama. And Grandmama's on Family Matters. And Grandma Urkel, and I don't know who else, are just dominating this tournament. But I can never figure out, is that actually supposed to be Larry Johnson? Like, is everyone, from what I could tell, that was actually supposed to be an old lady. Yeah. And she's, like, dunking the basketball yeah. and stuff. Throwing oops. Like, Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that, was, that wasn't supposed to be Larry Johnson, and everyone knew it was Larry Johnson. That was supposed to be... Um, the Winslow's grandma's friend, right? Isn't that I, how that episode started off? I don't remember yeah. like exactly how Grandma came to be, but oh no, yeah, it was it was Grandma. Win- it was Grandma's Winslow's friend. That's yeah. who it was. It was like she played cards with her or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, there was never any big reveal. So by the way, Grandma Winslow on that show was awesome. She was great on that show. Like really underrated part of that show. Um, really way better than a lot of other people on that show like uh who's 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 judy laura's the, the little sister she didn't like she didn't really matter much in the show like she well, eventually they, they bumped, 
dropped. Yeah, they just, somebody commented on Banish to the Pin the Facebook page that yeah, she's gone eventually at some point. She just leaves like she's not there anymore. So and then of course the mom uh, gets into an argument before the final season because she was tired of it, you know, not being a focal part of the episodes anymore. It was all Carl and and Urkel. And she was like, I was the first person here. Because remember, this is a spinoff of, of, of Perfect Strangers. This was a this, yeah. Yeah, this is a perfect because the okay. mom the mom was in Perfect Strangers, and this was the spinoff about her family. That was the intention about it. And then one <laughs> one Urkel cameo later, and the whole show just <laughs> there it is. So well, there is round one. Some strong picks. So we've had Saved by the Bell, Full House. Boy Meets World and uh, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some stuff in between rounds. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because we, uh, we're we going to spend a lot of time early shows. Uh, we're going to play a little game now. Okay. And so here's how this game's going to go. I have got the plot from several TGIF shows from 1989 to 2000. So there's your window. I'm going to read the plot. I've removed the names. I've removed anything that would help you identify the show. And you guys are going to have to guess what plot this show came from. All right. It's pretty, pretty easy. Yep. Yeah. Are you going to give us a time frame or are we on our own on this? It's, uh, I will say most of these are fairly recognizable as TGIF staples. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, say by the bell, not TGIF, but I would say something like, a woman is under pressure with midterms and her own scene group. So she turns to caffeine pills, ignoring her friend's warning that the pills are hazardous to her health. And you guys would just say by the bell. That kind of yeah. thing. All right. You ready? Classic. Yes. <laughs> All right. Plot one. Two men use a time-transporting device to travel back in time. In spite of warnings not to tamper with the past, one of the men leaves him himself to make investments in stocks that will skyrocket. When the two return to the present, they find out that one of them is the richest man in the world. Unfortunately, he also finds out that his wife is divorcing him, and two of his kids have never been born. Name that show. Ooh, I think, I'm pretty sure this is Family Matters. Anyone have a different? Yeah, I would guess, I was going to say maybe that'd be something Joey and Jesse would get involved in, but... Probably sounds like hygiene's of a younger sort. <laughs> I, I don't uh, know. Part of me. My only other guess would be uh, step by step. Right. Mm. It is family matters. Yeah. yeah. That was a Carl and Urkel episode. Yeah. Carl, the richest man in the world. I guess if I. I should have known if there was a time machine involved. There's only one person capable of uh, pulling that off. By the way, that goes back to my point about Judy being written off because he said only two kids. So he's only talking about Eddie and Laura. So they're already saying, they're already saying Judy doesn't exist, which is just terrific. Oh. All right, I'm going to give a point to Tim. He had that. All right. Number two, a man buys one share of stock in a cereal company and discovers there aren't the advertised number of raisins in the box. <laughs> Knowing that the company is cheating the public, he decides to go to the head of the company and complain. Oh, man. That actually sounds familiar. Hold on. Let me think. Who the heck? That sounds... Uh, Who would do this? This, this sounds like a, like, a, like, a, like a Joey Gladstone, Danny Tanner. I think I'm going to say Full House. Any other guesses? I was I was gonna guess uh, Boy Meets World because it doesn't register as a 
as a full house in, in my brain, but watch me be wrong and well, have I'm, to eat my shoes. I'm just guessing here. Like, I'm trying to think, like, of the, the people who would do this. And, like, Joey's, like, one of the only people that comes to mind that I think would do this. I See, I think Joey was a little too laid back to worry about something like <laughs> that. Uh, I'm going to – I'd say Family Matters if it wasn't the one we just picked because um, I could see Urkel doing that. This is actually a Perfect Strangers episode. Oh, oh. Balky, I bet. I bet Balky goes yep. ham on those guys. <laughs> a little out of our time frame, but it's it's right there on the 90 border. So. All right, a couple more. Uh, remember how you used to be lucky if you scored a couple dollars from your sidewalk lemonade stand? Well, after earning a cool $221 with her own stand, a child heads straight to the candy store but gets sidetracked and comes home with a donkey. Her dad agrees to let her keep it until morning, which results in a long, loud evening that only one family can control. I'm pretty sure I remember this episode. That's Full House. Yeah, yeah that is definitely Full House. That is house. most definitely Full House. That's a Full House episode. In the backyard yeah. right. is either in in the opening or closing of, of – either in the opening theme or the closing of the show, if I recall. You guys are right, yeah. yeah. I can't set that one by. Yeah. All right, let's get a little trickier. Uh – a husband's blood runs cold when another man notices his wife in the supermarket and challenges him to a fight to the death for her. The husband believes he has no choice but to accept the challenge. The battle letter later takes place in his front yard. He attacks the man, and his wife stops everything, telling the other man to stay away from her, her family, and her life. Uh, dinosaurs? See, I was going to say that, too. Because it is dinosaurs. I think that's the pilot episode. I think that's what a weird show. Oh, that show's great. Oh man, I was gonna. I should have blurred it out because it's like, <laughs> oh man, that is great. Can anyone explain how that happened? Oh well, if I get a chance to pick it before anybody else does, I'd love to talk about the story of dinosaurs. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll, it'll be around for your pick. Right. So maybe we'll go for that. But... All right, a couple more. A man notices that his engaged status, not to mention his engagement ring, has estranged him from other males. Deciding he needs some high time, he goes with his best friend to Club Clevage and loses his ring. That's the Boy Meets World episode right there. It is. Yes. Yep. I always loved the Club Clavage reference. It's so great. So. Yeah, it was like it's like a weird Hooters kind of like uh, just just so, yeah, because they were in college, so they're like freshmen in college or something like that. And so that was the that was the cool joint that all the guys went to. And one of the guys that they go with um that is the the heckler is in the Mighty Ducks. He's Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks and he was in Heavyweights mm. and all that. Yeah. So Real- to bring this full circle, does anyone else remember the name of the nightclub they go to in Saved by the Bell where they catch Jeff cheating on Kelly? Is that the attic? Yeah, yeah the attic. Yeah. Woo! That's strong. Oh, that's right there. That's that's good knowledge. Um, the attic, that's a great – that's one of my favorite episodes from the entire era that we're talking that about. That is very good. It's, it's so good. Just screech in plain view of the teacher's. In photo in his photography class, just making the freaking just really you're not gonna ask him what he's doing. Like I mean, come on, guys, come on, Belly. He dresses up dresses up like a middle aged man, if I recall. <laughs> on this, um, this uh, gal takes to him strongly at the club. Uh, it's like yeah, it's like one of those like it was one of those big biker chicks, I think, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh man. All right. Or um, like this game. Oh. Their ruse was they were spending the night at Zach's parents' house while they were at a Peter Paul and Mary concert. <laughs> oh, Peter Paul and Mary concert. Oh man, never and, change. Nineties never change. A man finds an ice cream man he befriended is suicidally despondent from being recently widowed. Also, the kids kick up a fuss about the baby's room. Baby's room. I mean, it's got it's got full house. I mean, uh, wait a minute. Babies. Wait a minute. Is this step by step? Tim, you're a machine. Oh my god. <laughs> Cody befriends the ice cream man who wants to commit suicide. Oh, God. Well done. Oh, my God. Sasha Mitchell, where have you gone? Oh, man. Oh, God. Because I was thinking it's like a baby's room. I was like, because if I remember right, that was like supposed to be one of like they had to move two of the kids together or something like that. And they weren't too keen on sharing a room anymore. But whatever. Oh, God. Step by step. What is she? I think it's safe to say you're going to win this. Okay. Uh, right. uh, Stevle, the evil ventriloquist dummy, is back. But now he's brought along a nightmarish sidekick. Together, they attempt to take over the souls of two men, wreaking havoc on the entire household. That has to be Family Matters. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that is Family Matters, I'm pretty sure. It is, and the second dummy's name was Carlsbad. Yeah, so. devil, right? So, like, evil Steve? Yeah, okay. Oh, man. There were some weird Halloween episodes on TGIF. There really were <laughs> really weird Halloween episodes on TGIF. Okay. Well, there you go, Tim. That uh, You definitely shined there. So, uh, with that, we're going to move to round two, and we're probably only going to do three because we're enjoying this too much. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, for pick five, I am going to – I think I'm going to pick Home Improvement. Uh, here's how I feel about Home Improvement. There's nothing that really stands out, but it was kind of always there, mm-hmm. kind of always solid. Uh, my sister had a big thing for Jonathan Taylor Thomas at the time. Uh, that's about all I have to say about it. Yeah, that seems like the that seems like the above average player. That seems like the two three win player, maybe even a four win player. Sometimes it's just there year after year after year. You can always count them. What I always uh, thought was funny about this show is after the kids kind of grew up a little bit, the youngest kid was was a foot taller than the oh, other two. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was. Uh, I loved Wilson. Wilson was great in that show. He was. I did like Wilson, yeah. uh, but. Uh, they kind of stopped caring because sometimes it would be like his entire face, yeah. like too far away from the fence where you could see him, and it, some of the mystery was going. I don't know. Yeah. That was a neat idea how they did that, but that was kind of lousy for that actor. <laughs> yeah. On the finale, everybody came out uh, to to wave at the crowd at the end, and he had a little section of fence to hold in front of his face. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was... they couldn't even get the little uh, face. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, that uh, I liked how uh, – I mean, it was very formulaic to always end up with a conversation with Wilson. But, you know, they got way beyond having it be just about Tim. Um, again, kind of like Boy Meets World, it became definitely more of an ensemble show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Jill was a very strong character. Yeah, she was. Uh, it seemed like he worked on that car for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, well, he had different cars. That's true. That's true. 
I was going to say, does anyone remember the episode where Tim had the suit and the sack? What? I don't recall that one. They were attending, I think, Jill's high school reunion or someone's reunion, and Tim had this suit that came in, like, the sack you would have, like, a tent in. (laughs) Uh, Like, he he bought it like that on television. It was called a suit and a sack. And, uh, of course, just then walking into the, like, main room, and his suit is just wrinkled to hell. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just it was just very funny to me. Oh gosh! Yeah, I loved the the show within a show. Uh, that was good. Yeah. The uh, launching of uh, Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, great iconic theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. Tool time. Tool time for sure. Richard Carn literally is on that show because he looked like Bob Vila. That was right. Basically, <laughs> why Richard Carn was on that show was because he looked like Bob Vila. So, yeah, Tim, why don't you take pick six? Oh, man, I'm trying to figure out. So if we're doing three, I think someone else will pick it. And so I will I will wait on that one. I think I think this is where I'm going to take dinosaurs because, (laughs) listen, I am an I was an unabashed, huge fan of this show. And it was it was weird to me because I was like nine or 10 when it came out and I didn't get some of the humor, but like when it came on on reruns, when I was in high school, because it, I, I think because they showed some, it didn't get full syndication, but you would see reruns on from time to time. Like it's a really like darkly humorous show. Like it was a really weird, but really good show at the same time. And, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was, one of those shows that for me, I, I, it was kind of like this really odd, uh, you know, entry into the into the TGIF lineup. It was not like any other show they had, that had ever come through. Um, and I think the finale is one of the great all-time series finales for a show, um, and uh, it doesn't really get talked about anymore. And it's uh, it was only on for three years, and I think that if uh, if they kind of tailored it more, like I think that if that show came out today and they were able to turn it up a little bit with, with the, the references, I, I kind of feel like it might stick around for a bit. Like on a, like it, it kind of almost seems like a really light, like only this is going to be sounding weird, but it sounds like it's almost like a family version of it's always sunny without the crazy nihilistic, you know, stuff about it. Like there's some really weird plot points and, um, there's some really weird storylines, but they also have some really good jokes in there. And um, that that was another show that kind of like Family Matters with Urkel, the baby dinosaur on that show, got <laughs> was kind of like the like we're tired of seeing the baby. We get it, kids love the baby, blah blah blah. But um, I I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was a, a really I thought it was a really good show. And like it's it's always stuck out in my head as 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 kind of an underappreciated show. So and I and I also picked this because I know that we're going to be talking about the other ones. And so I wanted to make sure that that this gets in uh, uh, on on the list. So there it is, dinosaurs. It's interesting that you say you think this show could maybe make it today because other than possibly Home Improvement, none of the other shows we've mentioned would no. have a chance. No chance. None. <laughs> like the TV's just so different today. Yeah. Even it, and there's still some really really bad sitcoms on television right now, like horrific sitcoms. Yeah. But Saved by the Bell is getting nowhere near nope. uh, studio nope. today. Yeah, Full House, no chance. It, Except it's Fuller House, so it's a nostalgia kick. Yeah. So it's funny. I watched Dinosaurs also when I was like nine or ten, and I don't remember liking it all that much. And, and so I never went back to revisit it. 
Um, so it's interesting to hear you say it actually holds up and it's funny here to maybe an older ear. What I remember thinking was the family, I was annoyed that the family dynamic seemed just like the Simpsons. Yeah, that's actually a good call because they had the baby who was Maggie and um, they had the cool son, you know, that was, you know, basically your Bart. Um, they had grandpa, they had grandma in the show who was like Grandpa Simpson. That's actually a really good call. I didn't even think about that. Huh. And the dad was definitely Homer. That's a good call. He really was. So, all right. There you I'm go. I'm glad we got that in. Yeah, got it in. All right, Scott, you are up. Uh, this is a tough call. There's a lot of good stuff uh, still on the board. Uh, but I think, gosh, I'm kind of torn. But I think I'm going to have to grab friends at this position. Um I think, uh, again, kind of like uh, like I said about Saved by the Bell earlier in praising that pick, I think Friends is uh, an iconic 90s experience, um, and I will fully admit that, uh, much like some of the other shows we've talked about, the, the show weakened over time as the characters kind of devolved into caricatures of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been watching a lot, yeah, been watching a lot of syndication lately, and the first couple seasons... Um, I don't think it jumped the shark when Ross and Rachel got together because I think there was a good stuff in there. In fact, uh, um, I think my favorite episode, the one where no one's ready, is uh, that's while they yeah. were, you know, early in their relationship. Um, but really, to watch the show in its earlier years, you could see what it was, what it meant to be, um, and it didn't take a full sale departure like uh, like Family Matters. Um, but you know, a lot like a lot like my first pick, Full House, um, the characters just kind of became uh, existing only to tell the same jokes that we we knew about them. You know, Joey likes girls, Monica's a neat freak, uh, you know, things like that. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's impossible to argue the cultural significance. Uh, the theme song was played on the radio. Um, that you could have an entire Jeopardy category about friends, uh, today and nobody would blink that it was, you know, that it got that kind of treatment. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, watching syndicated stuff, uh, I, I know it really doesn't, doesn't hold up the, the later run. Um, but it's absolutely iconic and, uh, I, I know it's, you know, an NBC thing. It doesn't fit into that Friday night mold, but it, it really is, uh, one of TV's most literary shows, for for better or for worse. Yeah, my take on Friends, um, this is Alex, was that at its best, it was really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like the the my, one of my favorite. Like, yeah, like this. You know, go ahead, Alex. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, I think you know where I was going with it. Yeah, but I was gonna say, like, one of my favorite episodes of any television show in the history of anything is the one with the embryos, where they play yep. where they play the game for the apartment. And they hit mm-hmm. on like the peaks of every one of the characters, and it was the opposite of what you was just mentioning about how they turned into caricatures about themselves. That was like the peak of all six characters in, in that show about like their ten- yeah. you know their nuances and their tendencies. Um, and uh, but like when it was good, like you could pick out episodes like that's so so good. Like that dynamic was really really good. Um, but yeah, I think I think it I think it goes up and down too much for me uh, overall. Yeah, that's my other. That was the other episode that I would consider my favorite, and probably, I mean, those two are among my favorite episodes of any show. Right. Period. Right. Just, I mean, they're one act plays almost. Right. They're they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing about that show is, um, it. Uh, I think it was the first uh, TV show to ever do a turkey bowl episode. 
which was which was <laughs> which was big for me because I loved playing yeah. football growing up on on Turkey Day, so that was great. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and it's got a huge following now that Netflix bought it and put it on there. Like like high school kids are rewatching it now, yep. and like that's why they're doing the friends reunion to cash in on this kind of upswing with with everything that's going on. So uh, pretty pretty interesting. I always. I always thought it was kind of uh, interesting, and, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about those other shows. Every once in a while, they would have a party at their place, um, the main apartment, the, the girls' apartment, and the place would just right. be packed with people. But they would still only be talking to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and and where, where do they get these people to invite? They never spend any time right. with anybody but six of Yeah, and you spend all your time with these people. You have all, so you have all these new people over, and you don't even mingle with them at all. Yeah, yeah perfect. Uh, I'm thinking of the the Halloween party that uh, that Monica throws, where Ross is dressed as Spudnik, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean Penn is he's dating Ursula at the time, and he he ends up hooking up with Phoebe. Right. But yeah, where I mean that place was jam packed with people in costumes. That's a great point. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, and, and what was actually interesting was that because it was good setting such getting such high ratings that basically the entire last three or four years of that show is a bunch of guest spots. Like that's basically yep. what that show is. It's your Paul Rudd and your Brad Pitt and your Tom yeah. Selleck finales and your Paul, you know, like, like really, really heavy with that. And George Clooney early on, cause he was still in the ER thing. Right. Um, yep. ER was huge. Yeah. But also Ooh. shout outs for them getting Tom Selleck some time on that show. Cause he was great on that show. He really was. He was probably one of my favorite things about that show. <laughs> Agreed. That's true. Alex, you want to wrap up round two for us? Sure. I am going to pick Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Nice. Yes. Nice. This show, um, iconic theme music. Possibly the greatest theme of all time. Like, Yeah, I would say some cheers. Yeah. Are and the theme, the mash. Team. Those are like the three top ones for me. So That makes sense. <laughs> the uh, So I'm trying to figure my finger on what I liked about this show so much. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of stupid, but it was good enough to where I didn't feel embarrassed that my parents walked in and I was watching it. Um, like I did with full house or family matters. <laughs> um, we touched upon earlier the, the episode where Ben Vereen comes back as Will's father oh, yeah. and they have that final scene in the uh, front room of the mansion, which is, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, couple minutes of television. Um, and, yeah, I, I think whenever I – every once in a while I still catch it on television, um, like Nick at Night or something like that. And, yeah, it still gets to me. That's a really good scene. I watched it in my driveway tonight in preparation for this <laughs> and teared up tonight. You need to go watch that if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Will, Will is great. Phil, Phil is great in that episode. Um, Carlton was kind of the idiot – um, that you needed around for laughs. Um, I'm trying to, th okay. So that I, I was just reminded of something that is pretty related to the show, but my family and I, one time over like Thanksgiving, we're playing the, I believe it was a game cranium. I think that was the name of the game. And then where it kind of combines like charades, Pictionary, all these different games in one. And my mom drew this card where, um, I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I was on her team, but she was supposed to be rapping the themes, the theme to Fresh Prince of L.A. And my mom had never seen the show um, and doesn't know what rapping is. Uh, but, 
but I have, well, she, she knows what it is. She just didn't know how to do it correctly. Um, and I've seen Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and heard that song thousands, you know, maybe thousands of times. And my mom starts doing this. And even though I know those lyrics forwards and backwards, she was so bad at it. I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> it, it took me, I think, it took me off to the point where she said, like, smell you later, where I finally realized, oh, this is this is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And as you know, that's really far into that, really far into yeah. that song. So... So that's just a commentary on how bad my mom was at, at that game. <laughs> As a kid growing up in small town Kentucky, it was one of the few things that could make me feel cool was to watch that show. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Um, the one thing that made me feel uncool, though, was when I tried to get me and a buddy of mine to do the, the, the jazz and, and will handshake, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> high five and the snap. I could like I never was able to find anybody who could get the timing down or wanted to do it enough. And I felt I felt embarrassed trying it so many times, but uh, yeah. How did you all feel about the college years of that show where they went off to school? Oh, dude, the I liked, I liked it. I was gonna say, I there's an episode where they're like rushing a fraternity. That's a that's one of my favorite episodes. What about the and, Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying the other one I can think of is when Will gets in like this drinking match with like the star football player and almost drinks himself to death. That's also a really good episode. That shows like I mean, we talked about shows going to some serious places. Like that's got a pretty strong lineup of like serious stuff dealt with as a like sitcom for everybody. There's also there's also a great episode in that series where uh, um, they're having the rivalry with uh, the other college and Carlton's the mascot and they and they steal the mascot from the big cage. I I like that episode too. Um. That's weird. It, there's 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 times. I think the early years are underrated on that show. I really do. I think it was, I think it was trying to do something completely different than uh, than the other shows at the time. And it's really the only other show that wasn't on TGIF um, because, of course, it was on NBC. But it could totally have slid in there, and you wouldn't have thought none none the wiser. It would have fit in perfectly with with what they were trying to do. Uh, absolutely. What was what was the deal with the mom? Why did that actress change? Does anyone know the story behind that? I. I, I don't know. Do you remember that there were there was uh, there was the original mom, then there was a new mom. I would say at maybe season three. Right. Which was your favorite, Vivian? I. So the the new Vivian was a little younger, right? If I recall, yeah. I think I'm partial to her just because I think of her at in the episode of Ben Vereen as Will's dad. Um, and I liked her in that episode as well, too. So I, I'd probably have to pick the movie they All right, here's your reason. This is from a Vibe article. In an interview with The Dish, the former actress said she was limited to a certain number of episodes. That was 10 weeks of work. And then they said that you can't act or perform anywhere else. Mm. It's cutting my salary by 150000 a year. How could I pay the bills I needed to pay with 10 episodes? All right. There you go. That makes sense. Well, this Fresh Prince is a good leader for this. One of the topical things we wanted to talk about. We've hit it a little bit. Favorite '90s sitcom theme song, and I'll just open it up. I mean, is there anything better than Fresh Prince? I don't think there is, right? Like, like it's that's kind of tough for me to think of anything else. I mean, there were other catchy songs, um, but yeah. Fresh Prince is iconic. Like the the theme song was written at the peak of. Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, which like made it timeless on top of that, which was really just like 
the, the the timing with that was just perfect. But like I can't think of another one that that kind of matches up. And it was so catchy. You could hear that once, and it's with you for the rest of your oh, life. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm a strong proponent of the the Saved by the Bell and Full House theme songs. Sure. That I, I would. Argue they're on the same level necessarily, but they are definitely icon. I mean, you know, they're great. The way the Brady Bunch theme song is great. Sure, um, you know, and and Friends to the same extent. Um, that you know, they uh, people know the words. They know the you know, it's you know it within a half a second of what you're listening to. I mean, I I, can't, I couldn't sing the Family Matters theme song without without uh, YouTube to, yeah. to to poke me along. Oh, I could. I would throw Family Matters in. Yeah, as days go by, baby. Yeah, oh, was the Full House guy the people who did the Full House song the same people who did the Family Matters song? <laughs> it was the same could production be. company, so it could be, yeah. It sounds um, I think you can find that out. Miller Boyette, man, they did all those shows. Mad About You has a great theme song. Dude, you know what? I don't think it. I don't know if anybody's gonna bring it up because I don't know if it fits into the um the conversation with with ninety sitcoms, but. I mean, Frasier, right? Frasier. Yeah. Frasier's got a good theme song. Step by Step was catchy. It was a, definitely a third tier compared to some of the other stuff yeah. we're talking about. I think I remember the Hanging with Mr. Cooper theme song. Yeah, that's kind that of... That was actually my favorite. So yeah. That was a really, really good one. It was kind of like this hip, uh, almost R&B song, if I remember. Uh, oh, yeah. Well... We've got one round left. We'll do one round. I'll do a lightning round, and we'll just hit some quick hitters on some ones we don't mention. Alex, what's your final pick in the 90s sitcom draft? Okay, I'm looking at my list. Things that have been crossed out. I'm staring at, um, you know, I'm not to say step by step. Okay. I don't think that's been picked yet. And... You know, what made this show so dumb is that... <laughs> this is a great argument, by the way. <laughs> well, if I, if I recall in the pilot episode, uh, Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers met on some sort of cruise and got married. And the entire, the six kids all found out at once. And not only did they all find that they're parents were now married they also found out that they were moving in together <laughs> which is really cruel if you think about it to spring that on your kids um one i just married this guy this complete stranger <laughs> two we're moving in with him and his kid <laughs> his kids and it was such a, i guess if, if there's ever been anything that's close to a brady bunch just complete ripoff it was this yeah. show I mean, I mean, from every angle you look at it, but it was, I, I liked, Cody was, Cody was funny. I liked the, uh, shoot, I can't, re I can't remember the, the son's name anymore. Not the, the older one, Duffy's son. JT. JT. I liked JT. I liked, uh, Duffy's, um, uh, daughter, the kind of tomboyish, mm -hmm. uh, the tomboyish one. And I liked their dynamic with kind of the more, uh, preppy, uh, girls on the other side of the family. Um, and kind of the nerdier, the nerdier kid. Yeah, Dana, Karen, and I can't remember the, the, the young one, the really young one, the nerd. Mark. Mark, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And then and there I, was uh, Brendan was the youngest. Right. And, 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 you know, Cody was Cody was the cousin who lived in the van, I believe, <laughs> uh, out back. 
And there was a really good, I, I want to say, uh, drinking and driving episode with him and uh, JT, if anyone remembers that one. And I also always liked that the opening credits, I believe, took place at Cedar Point in Ohio. <laughs> you know, they're at the amusement park. And, and I had always wanted to go there. And I finally did go there this summer with a bunch of college friends. Um, and I rode that roller coaster that you see them riding at the beginning with the waves rolling up and everything. So I was thinking of that. I remember thinking of that show when we were walking around there. And that, it was just your quintessential TGIF dumb show. A show like if my parents walked in, I'd pretend like I was on that channel by accident. Uh, <laughs> but... But but overall, it was I would say it was better than a lot of a lot of some of the other things. Like if I could go back and watch a Family Matters episode right now or a Step by Step episode right now, I would take Step by Step absolutely because it never it never quite jumped a shark like Family Matters did, where it just went in a completely different direction. At least that I recall. That's it also probably didn't have quite the run that Family Matters did either. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. That's good. Scott, what are you wrapping up with? All right. Well, I have there's a. A lot of stuff still on the board again. Uh, and I, the one I was agonizing over taking instead of friends, I, I think I'm going to leave it on the board, even though um, even though it's, it's a powerful choice. And I think I'm going to go, just to get a chance to talk about this one, kind of like the thoughts that we had with dinosaurs, I think I'm going to go with Blossom. <laughs> Ooh. And I tell you, um, this is another one that, uh, again, for some reason, it was, it was syndicated on uh, WGN, at least locally in the Chicago area. So I could catch up on episodes, you know, after school, not just watch the first run stuff. Um, but it was, it was definitely, it was different um, in that the, uh, you know, it was, it, I mean, Full House had a, a, a single parent situation, but in in Blossom there was, uh, it, it wasn't played for so much broad comedy except for uh, Joey, I suppose. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Uh, but there was some, you know, I, I remember one where I, where uh, Alf guested as one of the people that uh, Blossom met in her dream sequence. I uh, was deeply infatuated with Six. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Six. Um, I, most uh, conventional people probably would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of like we said, I think, I think uh, Blossom is definitely, Blossom and Fresh Prince are high on the list of the, uh, the sitcoms that, perfected the very special episode uh, approach um, with touching on some serious topics. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know that it gets as much love as it should in terms of being replayed. Um, but uh, I don't know. There was something about that, uh, that show that really connected with me. Um, I think my favorite character was probably uh, Anthony, the, the oldest brother with the drinking problem. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, but he just, he, the, his narrative tended to be just kind of interesting trying to see how his struggle to, to kind of be straight. And, um, he was all, sometimes even a better father figure than, uh, than the dad was. Um, and again, six, it was adorable. That showed us a lot of chances, I thought. Uh, definitely, definitely. Because did. there wasn't any other call at the time that had an addict on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I interrupted you. I, go ahead. No, no, you're definitely right. I, I, I think that I think that's one of the things that makes it stand out is that it was, uh, it was, you know, anything that was kind of on the NBC uh, 
you know, whatever night of the week, they tend to be played a little more for a broad audience than your TGIF shows. I mean, ABC had a niche and it stuck with it. Um, but, but, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch never had any aspirations. No. Um, and neither did Full House, <laughs> you know, in terms of being culturally relevant. But I think I think Blossom was tr- was trying to be a show about something. And, uh, you know... I wonder, we talk about um, what would have a chance today. I wonder if it wouldn't be relevant today, uh, you know, uh, like an FX or something where it was you know, a, a comedy slash drama um, with, with you know, strong writing and, and well-fleshed-out characters. I think it definitely has a would have a chance to have a broad appeal uh, versus something that's basically just a, a contrivance for slapstick. Yeah, well, it was Fresh Prince was a lead into that, right, if I remember right? I think, I think I believe so. Yeah, I, it got real good ratings, and I think they paired them up together or something like that. And there was an episode where Anthony's driving the ambulance, and he picked up uh, Hillary right. from the Fresh Prince. And I, I don't know if she was playing. I think she was playing the character from the show. And the weirdest thing about that one is, if if I'm not mistaken, the thing that they talked about that they had in common was the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I'm pretty sure is the plot of the song Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. I don't know if that's if that's uh, from the show or if some if the band Deep Blue something just watched blossom and and decided to write that tune i'm i've never been able to piece that together but i've also never been able to forget that episode the only blossom episode i remember some somehow joey and six end up at a hotel together like Mm -hmm. you're on a road trip or something and there's the big will they won't they right and i hit it out there but wasn't that blossom and what's his name maybe i don't know blossoms boy he wore a leather jacket yeah yeah. <laughs> well, that so that song came out in 1995. Um, so Ooh. that's right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Hmm. You might have something there. Okay. Well, so I think I think Vinny was a boyfriend, right? Vinny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good pick, Tim. Your final pick of the night. I'm gonna I'm gonna take hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, I was. I thought it was really cool that it was it like so they had Full House right. So this was another thing where they integrated the universes. Full House is in San Francisco. Hey, was this a Cooper was in Oakland right? And so you you had that crossover there, which was really cool. Um, Mark Curry is great. I've I've loved Mark Curry. Um, uh, I thought the whole Warriors tie-in was really cool because you know I loved the Warriors growing up, run TMC. Uh, you know, being a Bay Area kid. And um, I thought I thought there was some I thought there was some really cool comedy. I like that it kind of came on later, you know. And so I think they wanted to maybe throw in some things that maybe were a little bit not totally risque, but a little bit more different than you'd see with Full House at eight o'clock. So, um, but it was it was a great show, and it does. It's got a great theme song that was mentioned earlier, and um, I think I just like the I like the vibe of the show. I think it was I think it was a, a really cool. Um, uh, you know, show for the time, and it was uh, it was really it was really neat to 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 have a show like that at the time that was so different, and uh, you know, it was a it was a it was a great first step for Mark Curry, my exposure to him, and and I think when I got to college, I started like listening to his stand up, and he like he made like appearances on like some Bay Area hip hop albums that I was listening to and stuff like that. So, um, and I actually remember when I was. Down in Los Angeles, like I want to say six years ago, I was at the airport, um, at the Burbank airport, um, uh, flying home, and I saw him running through the lobby. 
And I, to this day, I'm still mad at myself that didn't like go up to him. And it, he was like on the phone, you know, and I don't know if that was just to, you know, nobody come up to me. I'm on the phone, that type of stuff. But I, I just feel bad to this day. It's like I had an opportunity to say hi to Mark Curry and say, I love your show. And it was a great thing for me growing up and I never got a chance to do it. And I'm still angry at myself for, for not taking advantage of it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's my pick. <laughs> So I have a funny uh, anecdote about hanging with Mr. Cooper, and I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but I just I just got on Wikipedia to confirm it to make sure my memory wasn't betraying me. But the pilot episode was filmed on the settling panes because they didn't have a set yet. That's phenomenal. Which I remember watching it being like, this is really weird. Everyone knows this is the Growing Pains house. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it seemed, looking back, it seems really weird, like, that a show would even be green-lighted without having a set built yet. Or maybe maybe they did some sort of thing where they figured out it would be an easier way to rope people in if they gave them something to be familiar with to start off. I don't know. But they even after the pilot ended, Mark Curry came on and said, you may have noticed, you may have recognized you know, our house. Don't worry, we'll be in our own new crib next week or something. Weird. That. That is all new information to me. Yeah, I don't even – that doesn't even, like, register with me, like, going back and thinking about it. That's that's pretty insane. Man. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> all right. Well, our final pick of the night is by me, and I think I'll take – there is a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I think I'm going to go Everybody Loves Raymond. What? Um, okay, let me defend it. <laughs> Please do. So when my wife and I got married. Everybody does not love this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't have cable. We didn't have – Netflix wasn't around yet. The only thing we had was the entire series of Everybody Loves Raymond on DVD. And right. that's the only thing I watched for like two years. And I think it was – for me, so I just got married at the time. So you had the the marriage stuff that you could understand, the in law stuff that you could understand. It's like the comfort food. It's like the pasta that I have every night. So for me, it was something I could go back to. There are a few episodes that stand out as genuinely funny, which it sounds like some of you might disagree with. Uh, no, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. no, I think it was um, it was never my favorite show, but it was certainly funny enough to where people I whose taste I respected liked it a lot. I just never associated it with this other group of shows we've been talking about. And I think another thing that turned me off from that show is I loved Brad Garrett so much on Seinfeld as um, um, the mechanic. <laughs> that if anyone remembers that episode where he steals the uh, the car, right. that it was very hard for me to ever recognize him in another role. But no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> That's not what I was looking for. <laughs> you were looking at you look. Uh, I, I don't know. I I never actually got into Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, I think that was a show that more. I mean, I think actors liked it more. I understand it had a good following, but I don't. I th- it was never really in my wheelhouse. I never really um, got Ray Romano's humor that well. And uh, um, I guess he was like Seinfeld light. I think that was what he was kind of um, portrayed as. He was kind of CBS's answer to Seinfeld at the time. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I understand. It's got a huge syndication following. I know that when it went into syndication, it got an even bigger following than it did. Um, I mean, it's one of the highest DVDs uh, sellers of all time uh, when it comes to TV shows, too. So, um, 
but uh, but yeah, I just I never got into it, and and that's not an indictment on the show, but it just it, there wasn't much that appealed to me that I, I really wanted to watch it. So, Scott, do you have anything good to say <laughs> about Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah, uh, you know, I <laughs> I think it's interesting that I this is the first CBS show that we've drafted, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 Family yeah. Matters technically was on CBS in its last year, but yes, yeah, a true CBS show. This is this is okay. it. Yeah. And I think you know it's just uh, CBS at, for most of the '90s. I think was did they have? I mean, I don't know if they had any other comes. Um, it was kind of their success in that market, but uh, I don't know. I, I know they tried to. I think CBS hosted that weird Cosby reboot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> No, it's. I mean, I do think it would have. It it definitely fits the family vibe. The, uh, um, I mean, I'm the one who picked uh, Friends, which is really a disconnect from a lot of what we're talking about with the family, kids, multi generational dynamic, and and Raymond definitely hit that. Um, but for some reason, I it's just kind of. I think it's the show that your your parents liked or your grandparents liked if they had a sitcom. Well, uh, <laughs> you calling it old people sitcom? Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. Uh, if I, I wonder if I had not gotten married. So I got married at twenty. Um, if it wouldn't have, because there's, you know, the kind of the episode I remember is Deborah's having that time of the month. Ray's trying to fix it. I'm 22, and I'm like, uh oh, I get it. You know, I understand what's happening. Um, and so maybe that colored. What Ken, if my wife listens to this, edit that part out. But um, <laughs> so. We, uh, well, the draft, we left a lot of good stuff out, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw out some quick hitters, give us a few uh, sentences on a few of these, and, uh, for example, uh, Roseanne. Any Roseanne fans? Yeah, that was that was one of the first that came to mind. I, I think it, it's, I want to go back and revisit it because I kind of have a feeling it holds up a bit because it was kind of a grimier show. It was middle class, lower middle class. Um, and I think it's got some elements to it that led to the creation of a lot of other TV shows. I think there's a big influence there. Um, like, but yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, that's definitely worthy of this draft for sure. We weren't allowed to watch it growing up. Ooh. Uh, I, my parents didn't like it either. Uh, I don't think there was a ban on it, but I, they definitely, I, I think it had something to do with, you know, Roseanne was known as like this raunchy kind or something like that. But I, I had pretty fond memories of the show. I thought Dan was a cool guy. Yeah, and um, I, I would say kind of similar to Friends, at at its peak when when Roseanne was at its best, it was really good. Um, yeah. But it also had very very low moments, like when they won the lottery. Yeah, and... that was the jump the shark <laughs> moment for that show for exactly. sure. Yeah. So, All right. In fact, you could almost turn that phrase into won the lottery. Right. It's it was more that... ridiculous than jumping yeah. the shark. When 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 Dan has the heart attack at the wedding and that leads into the whole lottery thing, that's yeah, that was basically when the show it lost it for me for sure. Yeah. Top ten according to IMDb ninety sitcom Murphy Brown. No. Yeah, I I almost picked Murphy Brown. Uh, I love Murphy Brown. I'm trying to remember that was I think that was George Bush's or Dan Quayle like they hated that show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Back in the day, it's because yeah. she was, she was pregnant out of wedlock. That that's was the right. Issue. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen a single episode of Murphy Brown. I've oh, seen. I've seen all of them. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I left Murphy Brown on the table only because it didn't it didn't quite have the family vibe of a lot of the stuff we were picking. Yeah. Um, but I I love that was I would watch that would come on after the news uh, in Chicago um, on, again. On, I, apparently, if you were on WGN, I just watched you uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I caught a lot of that show in syndication, and uh, I really thought, again, uh, apparently I'm also drawn to shows where characters have drinking problems, because um, <laughs> that was her that was her thing. But you know, you know, was a, I think a, a lot of what draw, drew me to it was, um, I, I mean, Cheers, my all time favorite show, and uh, rivaled closely by Parks and Recreation, uh, which is no surprise given um, Mike Schur's love right. of Cheers. But it's the you know, the ensemble show, the the workplace comedy type of thing, and everybody has their own stuff going on. But they're they're a family that you know they kind of by circumstance. Um, so a lot of the, the friendships in that show were uh, endearing to me. Um, I, the, nothing to speak of for, for a you know from a theme song standpoint. Um, but some you know like what you brought up the Dan Quayle thing, so, uh, cultural touchstones. Um, Eldon the painter was was one of the uh, just a fantastic television character. Um, I really and I think that might have been a CBS show also. I really liked Murphy Brown. How about the nanny? Nope. None. Not 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 even on my radar for this. Top yeah. 15 according to IMDb. Other than the theme song, that is that is hot garbage. That is, <laughs> that is uh, I hated that show. Hot garbage is a great. For some reason, I don't know if uh, my mom or my dad watch a show, but because of the nanny, I watched the Beautician and the Beast way too many times growing up. <laughs> and so, just the fact that I had to watch that and see Timothy Dalton give that performance, um, I forever will never watch an episode of the nanny. Never, never. <laughs> Well, we don't want to end on the nanny. So, final question. We'll wrap up on this. Our last off or kind of topical discussion. 90s sitcom crush. Hmm. Who you got? We could do an entire draft on this. Yeah, we really should do just a second draft. Not this show, but like another draft, like a continuation. Um, okay. I know who I'm going to pick, and this isn't really – I'm not even sure if this is really a sitcom. But I'm gonna say Winnie Cooper. Yeah, I mean, she was my first. Like it, I was five, six, seven, eight years old growing up, and I was like that girl. Yeah, I think like the difference between like Winnie Cooper and like say Kelly Kapowski or Topanga is like, uh, you know, Kelly Kapowski was like the head cheerleader or whatever. But Winnie Cooper is just like a girl who lived across the street. So I remember thinking like, yeah, I could have hung out with her too. That's not so unrealistic. There's no way I'm I would have been hanging out with Kapowski. She seemed accessible, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. One of the things. One of the things I liked about Full House was, uh, uh, obviously, Aunt Becky was definitely crush worthy. And then as the girls got older, and I guess as I was getting older, also, <laughs> um, you were young at the time. <laughs> I was. But uh, uh, Stephanie's friend Gia, I always thought was was super hot. Yeah, uh, what's her name? She was in a bunch of those teen movies in the late nineties and two thousands. I can't remember. Yes, her name she was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've I used to know it off the top of my head <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. It's not coming to me now. Um, but uh, I, you know, like we said earlier, uh, Home Improvement was a there was a little crush action going on there. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know that uh, Fresh Prince gave me that, but what was uh, what was Steve Urkelren's name? Oh, uh, yeah, that, um, um, oh, uh, shit. 
about her. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember her name. She's no longer with us. But yeah, when, she, uh, she got cancer like at 22. It was uh, like no. the most terrible thing. Oh, God. Michelle Thomas was the name of the actress, but I can't yeah. remember her. I can't Marlis, remember. Yeah. Marla Sark uh, played Gia. I, I, the name. What was – what was oh, – yeah, Marla Sark. That's right. Yeah. Ira Monkhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. Myra. All right. Yep. I thought she was – I thought she was – I thought uh, – Faith Ford, who played Corky Sherwood on Murphy Brown, I thought she was. I thought she was definitely attractive. Um, and the, some of the daughters on Step by Step. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, they were all very, very attractive. Um, Winnie Cooper though was kind of like that's that's a great call, kind of out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you guys consider it in this realm, but um, married with children, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if if you throw that in the realm, you know, you, you definitely got. You know, a crush there. Um, trying to think of some other out of the box kind of. I think that's. I think. I think that's about it. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I was gonna say is I started with DJ, which puzzled yeah. some friends, but uh, I feel like I can draw the line in the sand for my my shift from a child to a growing man from the moment it was like DJ to like, Oh, Hey Becky. Like that was, uh, <laughs> that drew the line for me. Boom. Good call. Yeah. Winnie Cooper was definitely like the childhood crush. And then as you grew up, it was like, you know, Topanga or Becky or what have you for or sure. Or six. Or six. Yeah. She's cute. All right. I'm trying to think. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I bet I got. So. All right. Well, this has been good. Uh, We've talked quite a bit about 90s sitcoms, so uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to send it around one more time, uh, let you guys uh, again mention where people can find you online. Uh, if they want to uh, argue with you, congratulate you on a, a wonderful argument they made. Uh, and so, Alex, why don't you say goodbye to everybody first? Uh, goodbye, everybody. Um, you can find uh, stuff I write at Viva Albertos, and uh, I'm on Twitter at AlexCards79. And um, just as I head out, I'd just like to plug Vanish to the Pen. Um, there's great stuff up there every week. Uh, Rob Maines wrote a really good, uh, really good post this week, uh, kind of comparing slugging percentage versus uh, on-base percentage. Um, I encourage everyone to check it out. Thank you. Okay, Scott? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm Scott Holland. Uh, you can find me in the uh, Effectively Wild Facebook group if you want to look me up on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter, STH749. Um, and that uh, I post links to stuff that I write there. Um, and occasionally I'll put something in the uh, the Effectively Wild group or the uh, subgroup, the Battle War Bash Challenge. I think that's our name. Um, the Battle War Bash Series Challenge, which is a sub group of the uh, the facebook group with our uh, our ongoing uh, fantasy season there uh, but yeah I, I will talk about full house all day every day to, to anybody all right and tim uh yeah I'm, I'm i there's a couple websites i write to write about from time to time probably we'll start writing a bit more when baseball season starts ramping up and i'm not knee deep in graduate school apps um but uh there's the comeback which is a series of um blogs it's under the fox sports banner it was you know off roll mounting as part of this group uh but i write for uh, the ap party which is a pop culture blog and um the outside corner which is one of their baseball blogs and so uh, i'll write there from time to time I haven't written in a while but I'll, I'll start that up again here soon and then um you know i'm, I'm in 
in the same Facebook groups as the Effectively Wild group and and uh, and the Bash Wars Challenge uh, as well, and, and and you know the Bash of the Pen group and all that. So, um, and then we have uh, Twitter, Mr. Tim Livingston. You can follow me on there. Um, and then uh, of course the book. You know, with the three months away from the release, I want to say February. So yeah, like three months away. And uh, if you're in the area, I'll, I'm definitely going to be at some Stompers games uh, with grad school coming up. I'm not sure what my schedule is going to look like, but uh, you know, we'd love to see you guys out there. And, and uh, if, if you're taking a West coast trip in the summer and, and come out to Arnold field and see some games. So, uh, and one thing I wanted to mention before we did leave, not one of us, not a single one of us mentioned news radio on this podcast. And that's tough for me because I love that show so much. Um, but Sorry, news radio, that's, I wanted to make sure we got that in there too. So, Well, and uh, as we wrap up, I'm Eric Roseberry. Uh, most of my baseball stuff is at calltothepen.com now. Uh, also, uh, smile regularly at Banish to the Pen. Uh, and so check that out. Uh, the BP annual shipping this week. So yeah. if you want to support Effectively Wild and the guys, pick that up. Uh, and again, uh, subscribe to the Banish to the Pin podcast, rate and review it in the iTunes store. And let us know if there's an off-topic podcast uh, you'd like us to get to. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear about. Uh, and as Ryan Sullivan would say as we wrap up tonight, be nice to your fellow listeners. Yeah.